This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. I've been a longtime proponent of continuous learning continuous learning in organizations and also for leaders. So we are now at episode three of our seven-part series of leadership lessons from Dr. Martin Luther King. Last time, we talked about Dr. King recognizing and accepting the call to leadership. This time, we're really talking about his pursuing broad learning. And here's what I've discovered over the years. True transformation, breakthrough, and impact only comes through change that's actually spurred by new insights, new perspectives, new learning, and new experiences. So if we think about Dr. Martin Luther King, first there's the formal education. He got a B.A., and sociology in 1948 from Morehouse College. In 1951, he received a Bachelor of Divinity from Crozer Seminary in Chester, Pennsylvania. And then his doctorate in systematic theology, he obtained that from Boston University in 1955. Now, his learning was not ended with formal learning. Similar to my best clients, he was a continuous learner. One of the people that he really learned from initially was Henry David Thoreau and what he wrote in the book on civil disobedience. He also learned from Mahatma Gandhi, from Plato, Aristotle, Rousseau, all kinds of great thinkers, past and present. And from some of that reading, he didn't just take everything they said and accept it. There were some perspectives that he, remember we said in an earlier episode, he questioned and he challenged. He turned them around in his mind and he took the best of each perspective and made some interesting combinations some other people that he read. He read uh, Walter Rauschenbusch, and he came up with the idea that the soul, the body, and the spirit all together were important. There was both a spiritual and a material well-being that had to be addressed. He even read Karl Marx. He wanted to understand what was Karl Marx talking about. He ultimately rejected communism And the reason he rejected it is because he determined that history was guided by spirit, not matter, and that man was not made for the state, but rather the state for man. He also observed that 19th century capitalism, it failed to see life as a social enterprise, but Marxism failed to see life as individual and personal. So what Dr. King was really great at, he would take disparate ideas and extract from them the value and create a synthesis 
from that value where he would say it's the individual and the collective together. That's really the truth of both, not one or the other. So he had that ability to to maintain a both and perspective and to see opposites, to recognize flaws in extremism on one side or the other. Yet he still could extract truth from what he heard. So its greatest ability was being able to integrate that and come up with a deeper level of thought. Now, how does that relate to us today? Well, a challenge that I see in our society today is that we are embroiled in a lot of polarization of thought. We are living in a time of supposed tolerance when in fact there's a profound intolerance of difference in thought. There is a profound unwillingness to hear and explore radically different perspectives so that we end up finding that third alternative that's really beyond the extremes and also beyond the watering down of what I call the essentials. So for example, I mean, In the United States, we have scenarios where there are numerous government shutdowns, whether that's in a Republican administration or Democratic administration. We've had them in both. And this is a glaring example of this incivility, this unwillingness to listen deeply, to be able to find common ground, to be able to work together it's easier to stay polarized. It's easier to stay stuck. But here's the difficulty. Persistent polarization hurts people. So, for example, in the United States, government workers are not getting paid. And when they're not getting paid, they can't pay their bills during these shutdowns. And what an outrageous inconsideration about the common good. And that's not really true leadership or what's needed for forward progress. So what does all of this have to do with you, you might be wondering? Well, I want you to consider your workplace and to really think about it. Think about what factors are polarizing and separating people in your workplace. Where do you see silos of silence? Where are there shutdowns in your organization? Maybe there are walls of separation between workers and management. Who are you shutting out and not listening to because you don't like what they're saying? Who are you not listening deeply to because you've already decided that what they have to say is not helpful or relevant? And by not listening deeply, And by shutting out and raising up walls, how is the business and achieving the mission harmed? How are individuals harmed? So I ask you this, what can you do from your chair to increase deeper listening and the identification of the kind of integration that takes the best of all perspectives and moves forward? 
you know, I was recently at a client's office, and this is exactly what we were talking about. This is exactly what we were doing. They have a number of silos in their organization. People not listening, people not communicating across the walls, and therefore mistakes happening, errors taking place, money wasted, time wasted, and people's talents and energy squandered. And so what we are doing and what we're talking about with them is how to turn that around. So if you're thinking about your own organization, you see some walls, you see some polarization, you see some of that incivility of the silos, let's have a talk. Let's have a conversation and help you to actually achieve the mission the way you want to achieve it. Join us for episode four, The Necessity of Principled Leadership, next time. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. For more information, please visit my website, transleadership.com.